0: Welcome to the Pinning Combination Podcast. I'm K.J. Pilcher alongside Dick Briggs getting ready to discuss uh, the events in the world of wrestling uh, both at the college and high school level. Uh, We'll talk a little bit about Columbia's tour through Iowa where it started uh, a little rough in Iowa City but the Lions bounced back in Cedar Falls unfortunately for the Panthers. Uh, We'll discuss uh, a little... D2 and D three wrestling with Upper Iowa starting its great uh Great Lakes Valley Conference. See, I've got to I gotta reacclimate or get used to the the new conference there for the Peacocks, but uh number nine Upper Iowa started their GLVC uh competition uh in successful fashion. And then we'll talk a little bit about uh uh co-cornell luther and other d3 schools um from last weekend and kind of look ahead as we kind of a little bit of a light period while athletes uh have finals kind of uh, get ready for uh some some holiday tournaments uh well the, the following week but uh Briggs, good to see you uh again um what's uh What's new in the world of Dick Briggs? <laughs> wrestling.
1: It, uh, it, well, we're in the heart of it right now. Obviously, you, you touched on the, the college, and, and uh, some colleges are kind of in that, in that, um, that uh, finals break there, and others are going strong, or some are, are through it or whatever. So, you know, December is kind of an interesting month in, in terms of the uh, college wrestling because you kind of have some at the beginning and then some at the end. And not a whole lot in the middle which is where we're at and you know, and we'll see a little bit but uh there are some pretty high top power tournaments there's that that strong D2 tournament that's out in uh, is it Indiana I think or Ohio
0: Ohio University <laughs> of Indianapolis yeah and and uh and
1: uh anyway uh so you know that they'll be going strong here then of course the the uh you know after the holidays you know that period right there they've got the soldier salute down in Coralville and and uh in Midlands and I guess uh, I can't forget that down in Tennessee, the uh, – what do they call it? The Collegiate Duels? Yep. We'll about, so. Oh, yeah.
0: Yep. yep. And yep. I'm not sure what they call it anymore, for goodness sakes. It, it was uh, like the Journeyman Classic and then the Collegiate Duels. I think it might still be like Rockfin or something. Collegiate Duels that Iowa State, you and I will be at. Mm-hmm. Well so. let's talk about uh, let's talk about the results from this last weekend. Uh, number four Iowa hosted uh, Columbia in its final duel before kind of this holiday break. Um Iowa came away with a 38 3 victory, uh won nine of ten bouts, and I believe seven of them were by uh, bonus point victories. Um, you know, the one thing that stands out to me with this, and I know some of it is the competition too, right? But then again, maybe that gets canceled out considering how Columbia went up to Cedar Falls and got a win two two days later. But Iowa, I think, looked at the most aggressive and offensive than it has all season. And I know there's a little bit of a call uh, for that after the pen duel from Tom Brands talking about how everything looked hard and uh they need to look more like a hot knife through butters, the phrase that he used. Um and I think they I think they demonstrated that Friday. I mean I thought they looked very very good uh especially with dictating paces and looking to score.
1: Right. And and uh, other than uh Schreiber's- uh, overtime decision over Rini, the number eleven ranked wrestler. Uh You know, uh, the next close I think might have been uh, Frantic at at, uh, at fifty seven. Again, they're trying to get him to open up a little bit. Number two ranked, you know,
0: right? He that is did, probably the only one.
1: Yeah, he did win nine to five, which is kind of a bigger win for him this year. <laughs> so I get what they're trying to do there, get him open. Some of the comments right. the Coach made afterwards were, you know, we kind of a little disheartening if I'm one of the guys in the lineup and and, and not only that, but also motivational. So he goes, we're, you know, something to the fact that we need to get the best product that we can get out on the mat or something like that. And I'm thinking, well, you can read that one way and say, we don't have the best product out there yet. And if you're one of those 10, you could be a little bit hurt by that. But on the other hand, you could be motivated by that too, which is what I'm sure coach is hoping to, to create. So interesting comment, I thought.
0: Yeah, you know, and I think you hit that uh, kind of the two sides of the sword there where, you know, there are rumors. And, of course, uh, you know, there's maybe some expectations of some people joining the team at semester that we'll touch on uh, in just a second. But there's also this thing like at 133 where they weighed in four guys and, you know, uh that i look at that comment too as almost a uh, kind of a kind of a shot over the bows for any of them saying hey if you want to be our guy here you better you better start separating yourself from the pack so colin Schriever, great job tonight but you still got a lot of work to do if you're going to be our guy at 133 brody Teske, if you think you're ranked number 9 and you're just, this is just your spot. Not the case. We're going to put our best 10 out there and you either show us you're the best guy at 133 or else you won't be out there. But there's also kind of an idea of a, uh, you know, we need, we need to be better at different weights and some guys might be coming in Um to fill that spot and that he doesn't think this is their, their best lineup um, going forward, but we'll see. We'll see how that goes. Um, You know, the, the only uh, 84 still huge question, Mark, you know, Aiden Riggins, you know, I don't think people understand how much of a difference there really is when you're going up 10 pounds. Or when you're going up a weight class, or even two, um, how how much of a difference there is physically at this level, um, strength wise, just um, everything from pressure, you know, that can be generated. People don't understand how much of a difference ten pounds, ten pounds makes. Sure, there are guys that can overcome that. Usually those are, you know, elite type wrestlers that can go up a weight and beat somebody that's, um, at a high level. I mean, we saw it with Gabe Arnold, but, um, you know, I guess, uh, I guess what I'm trying to say is, you know, hats off to Ed Riggins for, for his effort. Um, you know, uh, and the guys that have bumped up a little bit to try to fill that spot. But 184 is definitely still uh something that needs improved if they're gonna have any uh postseason, you know, trophy hunt, um, regardless of what you know it's win place or show. Um you know, but as far as the rest, you know, outside of maybe Franick, um I thought the rest of the team looked looked pretty sharp against Columbia.
1: Right. In response to your, your two weights, I'll start at 84 uh, w- with uh, Riggins. You know, he, he's obviously a gap filler, you know, and, and, and that's in a role. He's a young wrestler right now, I think, and still. And uh, so, you know, you don't want to be that person. You don't want to be a career gap filler, you know, on the Hawkeye team. You want to be yeah. that guy. And so, yeah, he, he jumped up a so good for him, you know, doing that. And and I know what they're doing there. They're, they're, there's, he's not going to be the guy at 84, and, and uh, there's they're going to have someone else there, I'm sure, that, you know, fits that. I mean, they've certainly got the bodies there. And then, uh, you know, so, you know, uh, kudos to him, but I don't think he's been varsity very much at all. If, or was that his first uh, uh, shot at varsity? I don't remember. Um, Pete Russell. O'Riggins?
0: Yes. He wrestled out at Penn as well. I know that for sure. He may have wrestled 74 against Cal Baptist in the in the opener. I'd have to okay. look check on that one. But
1: Okay, so then going down to 33 in response there, uh, we kinda I kinda touched on it last week with, with the NIL thing. That's creating more transfers and that sort of thing. So you have got Teskey, who's there, who's at his third school transferred in, and he's you know what a fifth or sixth year senior by now and uh you know if he hasn't really stepped up and captured that spot then that's on him you know he's the one that transferred there made two transfers and and uh is a six-year senior or whatever and um so you know he's got to be the guy if in his mind uh the other guys are certainly battling with him for sure and uh you know again maybe this is a way to motivate him. you know to but, uh, you know, Shriver steps up and has a nice win. So now it's created doubt in the coach's mind, you know, maybe Shriver's the guy, you know, or whatever. So, um, and we don't even know what they might have, you know, <laughs> transferring in, like we said, at, diff- at these different weights. So, um, you know, it was interesting, the picture that was, that was taken and posted by some Iowa, I think a university uh, outlet with the, the three guys sitting side by side. I, I don't know if you saw that, KJ, or not. Yeah, uh, Gabe Arnold and Ben Keeter, and then sitting in the middle of those guys was uh AJ Ferrari. So uh, you know, there's three guys that could step into the lineup right there. You know, uh,
0: exactly. So <laughs> it's not out of the question that all three of them are take the mat. Uh, so let's let's slay the elephant in the middle of the room here. Um, tweeted out Friday during the. Uh, During the duel, um, included it with our wrestling weekend that was, uh, that ran today, that uh, uh, AJ Ferrari, um, the former Oklahoma State uh, NCAA champion, was uh, at the Columbia meet. Like you mentioned, sitting between uh, Gabe Arnold and Ben Keeter, you know, Cassiopeia was in the same row. He was also seen talking with Izzy Martinez. Uh, the the club coach that has had guys uh go uh, wrestle at Iowa but um he yeah he was there people recognized him obviously uh signed some autographs took some pictures with some kids um I know uh I Russell had something from his brother uh Anthony who uh uh was also I think he committed or I think he committed with Oklahoma State, but never did uh, join the program out of high school. But Anthony had mentioned that uh, he's planning on wrestling at uh, the Soldier Salute, um, and that he he'll be ready for the second semester. Um, some social media personalities around the sport mentioned that both have been accepted and plan to join the the team in the second semester we'll see how that how that works uh you know we don't know exactly um you know how that will be um but right away those two you're talking about uh two high highly talented guys possibly being inserted at 149 and 197 Um, because it did look like AJ Ferrari was much smaller than Keeter. I know there is some talk about whether Ferrari could be a heavyweight or or 197, but I tell you what, he looks like he's closer to 197 and uh, looks in really good shape. Uh, Outstanding mullet too, by the way. Mm -hmm. Um, You know, I'm I'm not a mullet guy, but I can appreciate good ones uh had had a heck of a mullet there at uh the columbia duel so you know that might be also i think you're selling yourself i think you're
1: selling yourself short i think you would wear a good mullet personally you think
0: i could you think (laughs) i could hang with a mullet pull it off yeah you know (laughs) what i might have to try it maybe maybe next season maybe next season i'll get into mullet mode (laughs) <laughs> and see what I can, what I can do. I can actually hear my family in the background uh, groaning right now, but we'll see. Um, but, you know, that might be what kind of prompted the, uh, you know, that same comment that, you know, this is something coming down the pike and, you know, maybe that's a little bit of a reference of, you know, we're still looking for our best 10 guys and they might be coming in.
1: Right. And so that, that makes the soldier salute a whole lot more intriguing because not only, I don't know what the field is going to be. It sounds like the Midlands field is really pumped up this year. So I don't know if this where, the, where we're at with the soldier salute. I haven't looked to be honest. And I don't even know if it's posted yet, but uh, um, so it might be between uh, Iowa wrestlers to determine varsity. Or at least give the the coaches something to to balance it on, you know, to to lean one way or another on. It. And uh, as you're indicating, a lot of those weights and with these, and plus we'll get to see the the faces that are going to be uh, putting an Iowa singlet on this year, so they'll be on the map. Right. So there's a lot to look forward to there.
0: Yep, and uh, and I know Coach, uh, I know Tom Brands has mentioned it a few times especially like at 165, it doesn't sound like Patrick Kennedy's, you know, um, given up on wrestling 165 either. Um, so it sounds like Kennedy and Caliendo, that might be what, uh, what irons out 165, the soldier salute with those two, um, going at it, but we'll see. Um, And we'll see who does end up, you know, wrestling down there, and if it's some of the people that, you know, we're wondering if will be in the lineup for the second half of the season.
1: Okay, so two questions enter my mind. One, uh, I I don't know. I know there's still a couple of appeals out with the uh, uh, on the um, the gambling issues. I don't know who the appeals are for. I think I'm not sure either. And then that also. My next question kind of piggybacks on that is, is the soldier Salute an open tournament? So, in other words, if Cassiopeia wants to wrestle it, he's not one of those guys that's appealing. Would he be able to wrestle in that?
0: He would. Okay. He would just be unattached, you know. Oh, uh actually, I don't even know if he has to be unattached for that because I think that was one of the concessions that they gave because I remember – Tom Brand's talking about his wife bringing it up that well the guys will be able to wrestle in open tournaments. Um and he was like that doesn't you know yeah. his his point was who cares because guys don't want to wrestle at the Luther Open just to wrestle at the Luther Open. They want that to uh, lead to something else. Right. Um uh, but yeah, so they'll they'll all they'd all be uh Eligible to wrestle in open tournaments. Mm-hmm. Right. That I remember. I remember do that.
1: That. So, they're not wrestling for the university, so they could do that. But, you know, so my, I guess I didn't know whether it was an open tournament. Sometimes they're just invitationals and you're, you, it's not open to everyone. So
0: it, it is open. Um, and the reason, like Anthony Entremendia, Anthony Last year wrestled in the Soldier Salute, even though he wasn't with Ohio State at the time. Um he was not affiliated with any schools. Uh and he wrestled in it. And I know Volk, uh the youngster from Wyoming, uh Jor Volk, um wrestled Spencer Lee. He was um he was registered in that year, so um so, so okay. anybody can. Uh, I want to touch on something you mentioned with the appeals. So uh, brands has mentioned multiple times that there are still two, two appeals um, to go. Uh, I think it's the schools are kind of handcuffed with sharing anything specifically just because, they don't have the power to do it unless the athlete says, yeah, go ahead. And you have to rely on the athlete themselves, like Nelson Brands did, Ava Sad has. Um, And, of course, I did not realize that Colin Schriever was suspended for part of the season, and that's why we didn't see his uh, debut until Columbia. Um, But he talked about that a little bit um on Friday night, but I think it's a safe bet to say who that Cassiopeia is one of the appeals that's left out there. Yeah. Now is Nelson Brands or Abe Asad or one of them the other, I, I don't I don't know which one. Or if there may be somebody else that isn't in the lineup right now that is still appealing their process. Maybe. But I think it's a safe bet Cassiope's one of them. Okay. And Kobe? Is he? Is he involved? I, I'm not sure. I thought he might have been. Okay. Again, I think I think there's stuff that's been floated out there, and I'm sure there's some accuracy to them. As far as anything said on the record and officially released, um I haven't heard anything outside of what we or, you know so and like i said i didn't even know about colin Shriver until friday and he, brands had mentioned he has been through hell over the last eight months and you know uh, colin said it's been a it's been a tough tough time but you know he did something he wasn't supposed to do and Learn from it. He's probably even a better person now that he's gone through all of this, which is something that uh, uh, is commendable to hear. You know that he kind of owned up to it and said, you know, I'm, I'm I I learned from it and, and probably better off having going through all that. So that's what you hope happens when things kind of go off the rails a little bit.
1: Right. And, uh, you know, kudos to those athletes for stepping up. In some cases, they didn't even break the law or anything. It's just other than they're an athlete gambling. Well, you know, that's kind of our world right now is everyone seems to be gambling. And then uh, and then but I I also I I also appreciate Coach Brands, uh, you know, following up with that. And you know what? He should be speaking up. Why is it we've talked about this before? and And we don't need to go down this road again. But why is it Iowa and Iowa State only? in the whole entire nation and uh you know so you know um so i appreciate coach brands and coach ruster stepping up and, and battling for their for the rights and, and you know they're not asking for anything special they're just asking for fairness yeah
0: and,
1: and uh you know that's that's a very fair fight if you ask me so anyway columbia we were starting on columbia got sidetracked but <laughs>
0: Yeah,
1: right. Up to Cedar Falls, you know. I kind of saw this coming. I don't know if you caught my. You know,
0: you did. Last week you mentioned. I I was sitting here saying oh, it's gonna be a hard weekend for Columbia, probably two lopsided losses. And you're like, yeah, I don't know. That second one might match up a little bit closer, and, and you were right. You were right on it.
1: Right. I had yeah. uh I had six. I think if I remember right, six favored towards Columbia. Four for you and I, and one toss up that based solely on the rankings. And it it ended up being a a, uh, pretty even. They traded just about everything, other than Columbia won one extra match. And that extra match was a, 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 um, if I remember right, was a technical fall. That was the difference between the meet. But anyway, so uh, yeah, and Columbia, you know, sometimes it's tough to wrestle after. A, a teams wrestle a team after they've gotten you know looked down in Iowa city cuz now they they've got this burning seared searing you know I don't like Iowa and I got to sit here for two more days and I'm going to take it out. <laughs> you know sort of sort of attitude and and we used to do that when I was at UNI years and years and years ago we would wrestle teams that came in to wrestle Iowa or Iowa state and uh and then they come in and wrestle us so we had to take the attitude that you're not we're not the you're not here for you to whoop us. We're, we're, you know, we're gonna get you. So we'd wrestle Iowa State and I mean Ohio State and Wisconsin and you know those different types of schools that would come in, uh-huh. and, and uh you know there are other ones as well. But but uh so you know that's you know you and I and and in United Defense they had three guys out of the lineup at least that wrestled the weekend before at the Cliff Keen. Uh, and and of those three, two of them were wrestling their first meet ever as on varsity, and the other one was wrestling his second meet or mat, uh, match ever on varsity, and wow. uh, it didn't do anything. And so, um, and they ended up giving up sixteen points, two pins in a major, and uh, you know that is certainly the difference there as well. So, you know, you, I mean, you, you've got to. I don't care if you have three out or not. You've got to win the, the meet if you're you and I. Uh, those guys have to step up, but. You know, that was a difference right there for sure.
0: Yeah, and you mentioned those pins. <clears throat> you know, Columbia uh trailing towards the end of the first period at, at one forty one. Um, they were able to get a lock up a cradle and get a pin on the edge of the mat. And you know, their boy, you know, if you just go out of, if if the wrestlers go out of bounds, things change completely. Uh Kai Owen able to keep his right foot in bounds. I don't know if you saw any video of that, but you know, he did a nice job of making sure he had his supporting point still in bounds and got the fall. And that was a you know, possibly a nine point swing there. One of the one of the falls was a defensive fall um early in the second period. So uh, I don't like using the word "fluky" because you know you you do work on those types of things, even though they don't happen commonly. But uh, you know, two rare instances uh, work against you and I there, and led to twelve points for for Columbia, and you know, <laughs> there you just kind of wonder. Uh, if somebody broke a mirror or walked under a ladder because, you know, you luck wasn't in your favor um, maybe at a couple of those spots.
1: Yeah, and I can feel for him. I, uh, um, as a freshman up at UNI, wrestling against Minnesota, did I I don't even remember the situation, but it was a last second. I gave up a reversal or something instead of an escape and ended up losing the, the match. And that was the difference in the duel. And I, man, it's, that's one that I've carried with me a long, long time. So that those athletes that are in that situation, they're hurting for sure. And, uh, and uh, you know, no one else probably even remembers that. But, you know, here I am talking about it, you know, four decades later.
0: <laughs> I, can, I can remember a, a duel coming down to heavyweight. And we're up by six points. And all we have to do is make sure we don't give up a pin. And uh, Coach to start after getting ridden out the entire uh, second period, because the other guy chose top, look over to the corner, and I get told to go neutral. And I chose to go down again and ended up getting turned and getting stuck and cost us the the duel. Um, So things like that do happen, right? It's unfortunate. You wish they didn't, but – you know, I think uh, a lot of people have been there. Yep. Uh,
1: so you yeah. come back out in the next day, the next practice, whatever. You you get back out of the mat and get your nose to the grindstone and you try and put it behind you and you use that as motivation to project yourself forward. So that's what you and I have to do, and those wrestlers.
0: Two two sports, two sports, man. Maybe maybe even a third one. Um. If you lump baseball and softball but but wrestlers and golfers mm-hmm. have to have a short memory. You know, uh, you got to be able to put stuff behind you and and move forward. You know, for golfers, if you rule over a shot or something not going well, your next three or four shots are going to be in the crapper. Uh, wrestlers, if you if you learn know what to work on and then put that result behind you and go forward you have you have to be able to have that ability to put it behind you and and move move forward um, more than any other sport I think the only thing I would say is maybe baseball softball going from pitch to pitch yeah but
1: the uh, and with golf. Like you said, you, you make a bad shot and then you have to think about it for, you know, another 10 minutes while you're walking up and watching your <laughs> players hit or whatever. And it's like, man, it stews inside you. Even as a casual golfer, you know, a duffer, it, uh, maybe it affects me more than the pros. They probably have found a way to somewhat block it out.
0: <laughs> right. Um, so uh, some things to note for uh, you and I, uh, Terrell Gordon, uh, back in the lineup and uh yeah. he had a he had a fall of, along with 125 pounder Trevor Anderson. Uh, and then Parker Keck eyes in again. Uh what was it? Uh was it a 20 to 5 um technical fall there at 184? Um you know he's just he just brings it every time out.
1: Right, and that was, that was the only, Columbia's only win against Iowa. So, um, you know, Parker just made him look silly, you know, destroyed him. (laughs) So, uh, but that's, that part, he does that to a lot of people. He's got it rolling.
0: Yep. Uh, So, Iowa, we mentioned, you know, uh, finals coming up for, for schools, Iowa off until the soldiers salute. Uh, You and I's next uh, uh, event will be the Collegiate Duels. Um, We can talk about that uh, next week uh, um, as well. But they head down there uh, to Nashville this year, right?
1: Right. That's this week, this weekend, the 18th. Iowa State. Monday and Tuesday, right? Uh, Right. Sorry, not the weekend. Monday and Tuesday, right? Um, Iowa State wrestles the first day, and they'll wrestle number 18 Pitt little rock and number 3 cornell and then the next day you and i russell's ohio state number 5 and then uh unc number 2 and Lock Haven, always a tough team so you and i both teams are going to have some great competition down there
0: yeah should be uh should be a good little test now uh i know you and i are slated for the soldier salute with the collegiate duels i'm assuming Uh, It won't be the same guys making uh, the trip to Coralville that uh, heads down to Nashville, Um, Iowa state. uh, I don't see the Southern scuffle on their, on their schedule this year. Am I missing that?
1: Well, I I didn't pay attention. That's that may be now uh, you and I last year did not send their starting lineup, varsity or whatever. To the soldiers, salute. They were down, and the guys are also down there. So I think they send their second team, which is s- still some good quality wrestlers. Oh, so, for sure. Yep.
0: Yeah. Uh,
1: and I don't know, know, know about Iowa State on the on
0: the. Uh, so, uh,
1: uh,
0: I'm uh, I'm just trying to look here. Um Yeah, you mentioned how uh, Iowa State has Pitt and Will Rock and Cornell on the 18th. And then I see their schedule open until uh, heading to Arizona to wrestle at Hamilton High School in Chandler, Arizona, against Arizona State. So... Hmm.
1: wonder why at Hamilton High School.
0: That's uh, I was just kind of wondering, because that'll be the third high school that they've wrestled at this season. Uh, they wrestled at uh, David... Uh, Car's alma mater in Ohio. Um, they wrestled at Humboldt against Wisconsin, and now they're at uh, Hamilton High School in Chandler, Arizona, against Arizona State. So kind of interesting.
1: Yeah, I think Coach Russell is pretty good about that. You know, getting trying to spread spread out that and you know, promote wrestling in high schools, and and uh, I'm glad to see him doing that down in Arizona. Yeah, now that might be an Arizona State thing as as well, but coach dresser would be would be happy to hop on because he's asked people to do it you know for him every year so sure
0: sure um let's move on to uh uh division two we mentioned Upper Iowa Upper Iowa is climbed to the ninth um in the previous uh NwCA D2 rankings uh and they I believe it was their first duel of the season actually um you know they're moving from the Northern Sun Intercollegiate uh, Conference that has, you know, strong wrestling programs like uh, Minnesota State, um, you know, Augustana and teams like that. Uh, now they're moving kind of transitioning south in this Great Lakes uh, Valley Conference. And they started off uh, against Davenport University. Uh, not Davenport, Iowa, um, but Davenport University, and uh, the uh, the Peacocks looked pretty, pretty impressive. Uh, they came away with a uh, a dual victory, forty-four to six, last Friday at uh, Dorman Gymnasium there in Fayette. Um, you know, the Peacocks have uh, had a good start to the season. Right, they, went,
1: they won eight of 10 matches. So in their eight matches, they put up 44 points. That's some big bonus points here. So right. that's a lot. The, uh, uh, um, I had to look, KJ, I'm, I'm going, you know, I'd heard of Davenport University, but I had no idea where it was at. So I Googled it, it's up in Michigan somewhere. I think Grand Rapids, yep. or like that. And so there you go. I had, uh, I, I like I said, had not, didn't really know where it was at. So there, we, you, know, there you go, was, uh, up in Michigan. Um, and uh, I guess to follow up, we kind of talked about it, but that big Midwest classics always a big division 2 Uh, it's got like 30 some teams, I think that come into it and it's a couple day event. And, and so that's uh that's coming up the 16th and 17th. And, uh, it will be interesting to see where the peacocks, uh, land on that thing, you know, that, at that tournament. So,
0: you know, it's interesting that you bring up that, uh, uh, That tournament that's been a a D2 staple for a long time, and uh, if I remember correctly, last year with the D2 championships here in uh Cedar Rapids, they were there were a couple rematches from that tournament in the national finals, uh, if I remember right. Um, so this is definitely a tournament that uh has like a a postseason feel to it, or or certainly um, you're going to get the type of matchups that you'll see at the NCAA championship uh, tournament in in March,
1: right? So in my mind, Division two kind of ventures further west than Division three. So Division three kind of stops here in Iowa. It goes you know a little bit in Nebraska, but uh, right. and then it's a lot of it's east. Well, Division two comes from the east and then goes you know clear it to Colorado and and uh, you know and to other you know states there as well but so those what I'm getting at is those Western states <laughs> actually my you know, my grad school where I went to grad school my alma mater Western State University or whatever it's called Colorado Western University now mm-hmm. is uh, they'll be there and some of those other teams so it, you know they this is that type of tournament that's going to draw a lot of travel which makes it so good and so intriguing
0: so. So definitely have to keep an eye on, uh, how that goes. Uh, you know, I uh, Upper Iowa has uh you know Chase Lensman a returning uh, national finalist. Uh, you know Tate Murdy, uh, is a guy that's been a leader for him. Uh, last couple of years, uh, Jordan Baumler I believe was the con uh, the conference wrestler of the week. He had a pin. Uh, I believe in the uh. Uh, duel against Davenport, so uh, I don't know, Coach Grimm has a pretty salty lineup there uh, in Fayette, so it's going to be fun to kind of keep tabs on them, especially with this tournament now, and then at the beginning of January or early in January uh, where they'll have the multi-divisional national duels right in their own backyard up there, so we'll get a taste of how they are Tournament wise and then uh dual wise on both ends of the or both sides of the, the holiday break.
1: Yeah, that's uh those are two pretty high power tournaments now that you think about it. Kind of back to back. I guess there's a little break in there, but but uh yeah, holy cow.
0: So let's uh let's take a look at uh, uh, the D three side of things. Uh, the pointer duels were held at uh, University of Wisconsin-Stevens Point. Uh, Luther uh, went 2-0 and there. They improved to 2-1. and um, Their lone loss coming to, to Wartburg. But uh, they beat Cornell 23-12 and then beat Wisconsin-Stevens Point 30-9. Uh, Ford Norse went unbeaten. Uh, Ryan Kripe uh, at 141 had two major decisions. Uh, Bryce McDonough at 165 and heavyweight Walter West uh, were two and zero with a pin and major decision in their two matches, and then Clayton McDonough uh, at 157 um, also posted a, a he went two and zero and then posted a major decision at 157 against uh, Wisconsin Stevens Point. So uh, I believe Cornell beat uh, Wisconsin Stevens Point. Um, as well but a good weekend for, for Luther there and boy they show they've got some pretty good uh guys um, one of the McDonough's uh a returning all American right
1: I think so yeah
0: I uh, just can't remember which one
1: I'm not sure either um, yeah uh, Cornell did beat Stevens Point 34 to seven and they on Thursday they battled against Loras uh to, loris won 21 to 19 so a very good match there it's five to five in matches and bonus points for the difference there in that Oops,
0: i should cover this up i
1: <laughs> i can't read it anyway so that's
0: it, says, it says loris uh-huh. loris softball though so hey you're
1: a, you're a, not the same <laughs> <a>, probably <laughs> you bet uh, so then, uh, uh, Cornell's next competition is the Citrus Invitational in Florida. Did you attend? Did you wrestle in
0: that? Did uh, it know? was different. Sunshine, I think or... it's a different tournament. Uh, back then it was called the Sunshine Duels, Sunshine Duel, okay. where we would wrestle four to six duels. I'm pretty sure it was six duels where we'd wrestle three on one day, three the next, then have a couple days to hang out before coming back home.
1: So that's not until the 29th of December. And then Loris's next competition is this weekend at the Kalahari Duels in Ohio. And here's the one I was getting at. I'm leading up to my favorite name for a tournament. Well, the duels. The Gator Boot Duels. Yeah. L- Luther will be at the Gator Boot <laughs> Duels. I just like that. I, I love, love that. that. <laughs> so, and then the University of Dubuque didn't wrestle, and they're off until the national duels, as is Co. So, but Co did have, they did wrestle in the uh, they they um, close your ears, KJ. They did beat uh, Buena Vista 45 to nine on Thursday, and then uh, they wrestled in the North Central tournament where they took third. Augustana was first, North Central was second. Augustana with 180, North Central with 148 and a half, Coe with 130 38. Uh, Augustana had five champs, one runner-up, and three thirds. The, the uh, Augustana, I mean Augsburg. Hello, Augsburg. <laughs> Get my D D three hat on, right? And then, <laughs> and then uh, Coe had. Uh, um, let's see, uh, LJ Richardson was second at 74, as was Jared Voss at 84. Um, Will Oil was third at 165. Matt Arsenal at 197 was also third, as was Dylan Grigsby at 149 and Wyatt Smith at 285. Um, yeah. And then. Uh, um, and then they had a couple of sixth place. Kate Hornback was was sixth, and Preston Grimm. Hornback at one twenty five, and Grimm at one forty one. So that I mean, these are pretty quality teams because fourth was Baldwin Wallace, fifth was Wabash, and sixth was UWL across. So, um, pretty good teams. Iowa had a uh, uh, co had a nice showing there for sure.
0: I think uh, you know it, it kind of surprised me that Coe has not really gotten much. Uh... Uh, attention in in polls and i think that's a team that uh uh people might be sleeping on a little bit um not saying that they might be uh you know world shakers or or anything like that uh but i think it's a it's a really good team that people probably should keep an eye on kind of going going forward better than i think a lot of people are giving them credit for
1: you bet. And I'll say it again for the maybe the third or fourth time on our uh, podcast here. Co and Cornell are going to be fun teams to watch this year. So that's you're exactly right. They, keep an eye on them for sure.
0: Any other uh, D3 items to to note here mm-hmm. um, on our college half?
1: Nope. I have nothing else. That was a great out of
0: cover. So, I just want to run through, uh, just received an email with uh, the newest uh, NWCA Division I um, dual rankings. Uh, No surprise, Penn State still number one, all 14 uh, first place votes. Uh, NC State's number two, Missouri three, Iowa four, uh, Cornell University number five. Iowa State comes in at 6, Michigan 7, Nebraska 8, Oklahoma State 9 and then Ohio State who actually lost to Pitt this weekend. Um they hang on at number 10, uh Pitt at 6 and 1 is uh 13th. So will go figure there with uh Ohio State staying at 10 and Pitt at thirteen, but you know, that's ranking. Those are rankings for you. And then uh Northern Iowa still hanging on at number twenty five uh despite the loss to Columbia on Friday. So uh that's it for the D one rankings. Uh NWCA actually NWCA dual rankings coaches poll so um there's that and uh as we get ready to transition into uh, the high school uh, action from last weekend and coming up, let's tee it off with Briggs.
1: So here we go again. This is a little segment that can be a rant, a rave, or who knows what. It doesn't have to be wrestling or whatever. So this week was kind of was kind of compelled uh, last Thursday. KJ, you remember uh, our producer uh, when we were broadcasting the the uh, the, the high school dual meet. In our ear, she whispered that one of the crew had named named their son Briggs. <laughs> right. And I thought, you know, that's the second time I've heard that in a couple of months that someone has named their child Briggs. And uh, and so my question is, does Briggs work as a first name? All right. So at first I thought it really doesn't work for me. You know, it's Briggs, Briggs. You know, but you'd expect that out of a guy with a surname of Briggs. You know, <laughs> lastly. Mm-hmm. So my second thought was, you know, it's kind of flattering. That people think enough of the name Briggs to to, uh, to name their child, you know, Briggs. And uh, so that made me wonder a little bit. So so here's some data that I came up with. Okay. Is it, it is uh, it is the 372nd most popular boys' name, and here's something that just floored me. And it's the 7203rd most popular girl's name. I really wouldn't think that you'd name a girl, but but someone yeah. has out there. Uh, it's the 84th most popular boy's name in South Dakota in 2017. And and since 1880 to 2018, Briggs was recorded 3,516 times in the social security administration. (laughs) And that's enough to occupy the Falkland Islands with (laughs) Briggs's. Wow. There you go. Uh, (laughs) Uh, is it indeed a rare, rare last name as it is. It didn't enter the top thousand until 2012. And, uh, anyway, track wrestling in Iowa lists three wrestlers with Briggs as the first name and only one wrestler with Briggs as the last name. So wow. I think it's fair to say that Briggs is a given name that ha- that's here to stay and I fully embrace it. And to those. Hailing Briggs as the first name myself, I, I say, "Welcome to the Briggsy Club."
0: <laughs>
1: <laughs>
0: <Here we go. laughs> awesome, awesome stuff. Yeah, I uh, I have not uh, heard of any Pilchers uh, with as a first name, so uh, I'm not I'm not holding out any uh, not holding my breath to find out about it either. I don't think that's going to happen. But that's kind of interesting that you put in all that put in a lot of research for, for that.
1: So you don't think the pilter is gonna crack the three hundred and seventy second most popular?
0: <laughs> I, I don't think so.
1: Okay, so I got that going for me.
0: <laughs> well, hey, let's uh let's talk a little bit about uh the high school wrestling here on the pitting combination podcast. Uh Last week uh you know there's some some good tournaments. I was at Mount Vernon for the Mount Vernon invitational. Uh Council Bluffs had its uh big tournament um out there, the the classic uh in Council Bluffs. Uh Western Dubuque had a dual tournament. I know North Cedar had a tournament. Um but uh we're at uh, Mount Vernon. Clear Creek Amana, Clear Creek Amana started off the season with wins over Albertnet and uh, Sea Rapids Prairie. And then, you know, they face uh, Mount Vernon. And in that duel, uh, Mount, Mount Vernon was ahead most of the time, but it wasn't settled until the second to the last match. Uh, boy, I, I was obviously impressed with Mount Vernon, but I was just as impressed with uh, Clear Creek Amana um as well making that a duel.
1: Right. I saw Clear Creek and at that. I mean I was in the gym with the uh um meat and prairie meat uh, and meats and then uh, you know in, in, in the Albert meet there was a come from behind Penn that propelled Clear Creek Command to the uh, victory. And then uh, we saw that on the Mount Vernon side against Clear Creek Amana come from behind Penn. That really propelled, helped propel the uh, the uh, Mount Vernon Mustangs to the win over Clear Creek Amanda. So uh, it's just high school wrestling, man. You just never know. It, <laughs> it makes it exciting and fun, and and uh, it was uh, it was a good night, a good night of
0: wrestling. Uh, and then, like I said, uh, I uh, kind of tagged along with the Mount Vernon uh, troops. Saturday as well, uh, out at the Mount Vernon Invitational, um, 16 teams there. Mount Vernon came away with uh, uh, the team title, uh, 218 points. Uh, They crowned four champions. Uh, Wapsie Valley was second at, uh, at 164 points. They had two champions, the only teams with multiple champs. And then Cedar Rapids, Xavier, third, 145. Lisbon and West Liberty uh, closed out the top five there. Uh, But, again, uh, really impressed with Mount Vernon, who I think had seven in the finals. He got titles out of uh, Clayton uh, Perot at 106. Top-ranked 106 Pounder in Class 2A. um, Beat uh, ranked Braxton Hutchinson of Burlington. 9 to 1 by major decision, so a uh, pretty dominant performance from him. Jake Haugsie of Mount Vernon won at 120. Um, and then you had Jace Jaspers with uh, a big 4 uh, 2 win over Caden Wild of uh, Davenport Assumption between two uh highly ranked wrestlers. Uh, and then you had Mikey Ryan, uh, with a major deci- decision over Easton Crawl, uh, at 11. 11- Eleven and three, uh, major there. Uh, if you go to the gazette. you can see my story on Mikey Ryan. Um, you know, uh, one of the things that stood out to me was, you know, he was he was up six two or something like that in the third, and uh, you know, there is a scramble of no points, and then he could have just sat back and and coasted right. Um but he just continued to, to look to score and look to score, end up getting a major, um, and then actually held on, was grasping onto the legs, could let go, given the escape. He wanted that major, uh, did everything, worked until the very last second to ensure that a uh, bonus point victory, uh, proved something to himself and and kind of show he's got the uh, Aspirations to be a a state champ, and it starts with separating yourself uh, from other quality wrestlers, either ranked ahead or below them, whatever, um, to get to that point. And the other side of uh, things with Mike Ryan, uh, the Ryan family has been a big part of Mount Vernon Athletics for a long time, right? Dude. Uh, his grandmother Shirley was a state championship uh volleyball coach. Uh his dad Dave, who runs the uh, uh I, I think he's had his hands in like the the youth club there. He was a former uh uh Mount Vernon wrestler. Um his brothers and sisters have all been standouts. Um I wish I had my reporter pad. I had a list. He's the ninth of nine children in that family. And uh, I wish I had my reporter pad in hand because I had them write down all of them. Um, I'm, I know I'm going to miss a, a name, but, you know, uh, Jacob, Jacob Ryan, Trey Ryan, Paul, Henry, uh, Mike um, have all wrestled at uh, at Mount Vernon. Trey and Paul were state champions. I believe Jacob was a runner up uh, as well. And then on the girl side, there's uh, Libby, Sarah, Lauren, and I can't remember the other daughter's name uh, in there as well. But kind of kind of talked about how you know almost the necessity to survive to be competitive. You know they have uh, family football games in the yard. They uh, they have their annual race, uh, like, over Thanksgiving. Um, uh, so they they compete with one another, battle with one another. So I'm sure he's kind of honed his competitive edge with his siblings and, and everything. But uh, he looks to be another one in the family to, to extend that uh, success for the Mustangs. Uh, and before you know it there might be grandkids coming through to to continue that line um as well but you know he uh, he wrestled really really well on Saturday some other uh, couple more um
1: one, one thing before you leave off the Ryan's sure. since you started with Shirley Ryan you might you might want to say great grandkids coming through because that's, that's right. Dave, and then the, the nine grandkids, and now it's great grandkids coming
0: through. So. That's
1: right. So because Yeah the toughest,
0: <laughs> the toughest one of them all might be Heidi, uh, Dave's wife, that's had to to put up with all of them. So, sure. um, so a couple others that I want to uh, uh, point out: uh, Tiernan Boots of Lisbon. He was the lone uh, champ for the Lions, but he uh he beat top ranked Jackson Jaspers three to two uh scored a takedown late in that match uh to go up three to one Jasper's escaped but finishes three and two uh that was boots's second straight uh title at the Mount Vernon Invitational boots ranked uh high um in class 1A so uh, a big win there uh Ronan Thomas of Cedar Rapids Xavier. Uh, one of the saints, uh, uh, one of two saints finalists in their lone champ. He beat Clay Wilgenbush 12 to eight, had some, uh, uh, pretty wild matches, uh, beat Frank of, uh, Muscatine in the semis. Uh, I think by one point that was a back and forth affair as well. So, uh, Ronan Thomas making that transition from football to wrestling and, uh, Looked good, winning a title at 175. And then Cody Fox, dominant. Uh, I think he wrestled a whole 36 seconds in the first two rounds. Uh, and then beat Ethan Wood, who we got to see on Thursday. the um, Heavyweight from Mount Vernon. Uh, Fox beat him 10-0 in the finals. Of course, Fox going to the University of Iowa to play football, a highly ranked uh lineman nationally in the class of 2024 and uh you know he's a guy that I believe is a three-time state medalist but looking for his first uh state title so uh he's off to a good start so far
1: right and then and uh Xavier also had a, a runner-up in, in two-thirds so had a pretty good showing there
0: yeah Grant Helmley uh Made it to the finals uh, at one ninety and uh, lost three to one in a sudden victory to uh, Salomon uh, Salomon uh, Cordero. So uh, yeah, you know uh, Xavier's got a couple dual wins um, here early on. Uh, they've they've got uh, some guys that have made some huge strides, especially uh, Jean Nagoma um, at two fifteen. Um, you know, I think he was one of the, the guys that got third uh, on Saturday. I uh, lost the toughie to Indy Ferguson in the semis, who he beat at uh, uh at Independence. Um, you know, and Indy Ferguson's a ranked uh a wrestler at uh for Lisbon. Um, so and they've got a couple younger uh, uh wrestlers at the lower weights that have a lot of potential as well. So uh, Xavier is going to be a team to kind of keep an eye on, you know, a couple of years ago, they, they qualified for the regional duels and they might not be far off um, doing that again, which is something that, to be honest, at one time, wouldn't think hap- would happen.
1: Right. And, uh, you know, credit their youth program. They have a nice, their X-Men. Uh, they've had, you know, good kids coming through there. And then also their middle school Coaches, uh, uh, the Miller Miller uh, men <laughs> coaching down there, and uh, um, so I think that uh, yeah, absolutely, it, it's nice to see it now uh, rise into the top, so to speak. So.
0: Um, just want to mention we mentioned the Council Bluffs uh, uh, tournament there. Um, Iowa City West was over there uh, on the boy side. Alex Pierce. Uh, came away with a 113-pound title. Um, he went 6-0. Uh, won a 3-2 decision in the finals over uh, Bennington's Caden Coyle. Um, he's 11-1 overall. Uh, West also had Tyler Scranton in the finals at uh, 175. And then Justin Avila was third at 150. Uh, his low loss uh, was by a just one point to the eventual champ, uh, Wash- Washburn rules uh, Christian uh, Marshall um, in the semis. So uh, West with uh, some good individual performances out there at Council Bluffs. Did you happen to to see the results there? And I did. So couple of catch that. your eye.
1: First of all, there's 43 teams in that boys' side, and 15 are from Iowa. Uh, Waukee Northwest was the champs. Fort Dodge was second. Uh, some notable names: Colfax uh, Christensen at 126 was a champ for Waukee Northwest. Fort Dodge had two champs, and this is why I'm, I'm curious with the court, Fort Dodge. This is interesting. Uh, they had uh, um, Coy Davidson at 38, um, and he beat uh, Carter Freeman in a two-to-one decision. Who's the number one ranked wrestler at? At 38, from Joaquin Northwest, and then Drashawn Ross was a champ and he won on sudden victory. So, that in itself is a surprise because you know that guy's a, a machine. And then, Drew Ayala was second there at uh for Fort Dodge, and uh, in, anyway, so the winning total was uh, Joaquin Northwest at 427, Fort Dodge at 416.5. These big numbers, i you know, I've, these two day tournaments, it's hard to. For me to balance and
0: judge,
1: yeah, I mean, I think it's pretty good, but, but, uh, anyway, uh, and then, uh, on the girls side, there are 32 girls teams, uh, there was a a considerably more Iowa teams involved there as well in that. So anyway, uh,
0: just want to say, uh, uh, Coy Davidson. Back to back weekends where he won the the Donny Brook and beat uh, Kurtz of City High in the finals, and then turns around and wins uh, Council Bluff the Council Bluffs Classic and uh beat um uh, the Walking Northwest Kid again um, Carter Freeman. Freeman. Yeah, I kept wanting to say uh Kofax, but I know that he wanted a lower weight. It wasn't him, but Carter Freeman. Yeah. So how's that for two opening uh, – first two weekends of the season to come away with those two titles and beating guys like that for the championships?
1: Right. And so. uh, put him in as number one seed at state, <laughs> I would say. <laughs>
0: wow. If, if it keeps rolling, yeah. yeah. Uh,
1: so other, another tournament, and I don't know that you had mentioned this, so I'll, uh, I'll bring it up. The Johnson Invitational, and the reason I bring that up is because it's a real strong – three A uh, uh, tournament it had uh 13 teams no uh southeast Polk won it indianola was second johnson third bettendorf was fourth prairie wow. was fifth waverly shellrock was sixth. and uh valley west Des moines was seven and washington was over there and they had a a, a place winner nick foreman was their highest placement 138 um back to southeast Polk. they had seven champs and this is a tough field they had seven champs, a runner-up, two-thirds, and a fourth. So 12 of their wrestlers were in the top four and 11 in the top three. Seven champs. Uh, and you don't had, had a champ, three-thirds and five-fifths. So they had a strong, balanced team. that's why I, – I, we'll talk about this in a minute. But I'm surprised they are not a higher seed at the battle. Maybe I'm thinking they are. Maybe they are a number one seed. Anyway, um Bettendorf fell – they were way down at fourth. I know they had an injury. I know uh, – Jake Knight's out, but uh, um, they had a uh, two two champs and a runner-up there. Uh, Prairie had a champ in Alex Bumba at 144, and then Dylan Munson at 106 was a runner-up, as was Wyatt Vlasic at 157. So Prairie had a nice showing over there.
0: Uh, I mentioned uh Kind of what Al Burnett did this weekend at uh the Bobcat duels at Western Dubuque. Uh the Pirates came away with uh team title there, beating Western Dubuque in the finals. Um, we'll see Western Dubuque this Thursday. Um hosting Iowa City High. So that should be a fun one on Thursday night. Um on KCRG nine point two. Um by Albernette beat uh, Western Dubuque 59-18. Uh, they won their pool with wins over Caledonia and Houston, which I believe is in Minnesota, uh, 45-18. Beat Cedar Rapids-Kennedy 41-30. Central DeWitt 63-12. And Williamsburg 55-18. Um, that's a springboard into this weekend at the Battle of Waterloo, where uh, they're the number two seed. In their uh, in their bracket, we'll uh, we'll run those down here in a second. But um, you know, Nett, uh back-to-back weekends where they win the uh, Indy Invitational, um, you know, the tournament format, and then they turn around and win uh, uh, one of the, they're one of the smallest schools in this field at uh, Western Dubuque, and then they turn around and win that uh, in the dual format. So. Uh, Clayton Rush has got a good deep team. Um uh, by deep I mean balanced uh um with the fourteen weight classes. So um they uh they're gonna be a team to reckon with both in uh traditional tournaments and in duels as well. Um and I think Albert
1: benefited, we mentioned this last, last week with The shifting of weights last year, they had like their top four or five weights. Were just, I think, they forfeited a good portion of them, even. And now, with that shifting of it, it kind of benefited Elbernet this year so they can put some of their more competitive bodies and spread them out down with those lower weights. And, and uh, you know, other than that, and then you know, kind of stumbling at that CCA meet, they've had a great yeah. going so far, and even in that one, they they had a chance and they were ahead to match and then got pinned and that could have been the difference. So uh yeah, those that happened. So uh good job so far. And I think they're the number two seed in the same bracket as Bettendorf, if I remember right. And yep. uh which I'm, I'm scratching my head on that one a little bit because I think Albanet deserved a number one seed, but but that that's tough. I was looking at the the the, the uh some of the seedable t- uh, teams, and I'm looking at Bettendorf, Al Burnett, Indianola, who beat Bettendorf and Waverly-Shell Rock the weekend before, in, a, you know, that was a bracketed tournament, but nevertheless, Don Bosco, Linmar, City High, Osage, Union, Waverly-Shell Rock, Nashville Plainfield, West Delaware, all teams that, you know, you could throw in there. And uh, so that wasn't an easy thing to do
0: to see that, I'm sure. Right. Uh, One other uh, one I want to mention here, uh, uh, Solon um, Solon won the North Cedar Invitational um, on Saturday. Uh, They got championships from Jaden Steep uh, at 106. Uh, Jordan Schmidt uh, won a title at 138. Uh, He was followed by Lawson Sinwell. Uh, who won at 144. And then uh, a really nice win in the finals for uh, their 215-pounder, uh, Lucas Fuerbach, who beat Brady Davis, uh state medalist from uh, Makoketa Valley in the finals. Uh, uh, uh pinned his way through the tournament and pinned uh, Davis in 526. So uh, good showing there by Fuhrerbach and and Solon. Uh Cedar Rapids Jefferson uh was there as well. Um I believe they had uh one champion um and that was Braden Curtis uh at one thirteen. He got a fall over Solon's Justin Moore in the finals uh, there. Um had four pins actually all on the day all under a minute. So um that was a good showing there. Uh Brad Cable, uh second place at 157 as well for the Jayhawks. Colin Woods at two fifteen got third. And, and uh they actually had two heavyweights that finished second and third. K Chisholm uh was a runner up to uh, Aiden Salau and Makoda Valley, one of their two upperweight champs. And then Anthony uh Snowdy was third uh at heavyweight for the Jayhawks. Um as well. We mentioned those uh Makoka Valley upper upperweights. Uh are three place winners in the heaviest three weights. Um all place we may mention Davis got second Salau Salau won at uh uh that heavyweight and then Nathan Bites uh came away with a title at 190. He pinned Montezuma's Brett Plant's um or sorry did he pinned Kyler Jensen uh in the semis and then beat uh plants 13 to three uh major decision there in the finals. It's been fun to watch uh, uh, Kate coming
1: through he was one that was, you know, when, he was, when Kyle was wrestling through, he was the younger one that kind of uh, looked up to, you know, towards Kyle. And then now it's neat to see him because he's got a whole lot of personality. And uh, he's, I'm, he was a leader on the football team and a leader in the, in the, uh, I'm sure in the wrestling room as well. So if that's a good person to have on your team. If you're a coach, you know, you want those guys that are, that are leading them kind of and can also keep a light, you know, light at times too. So I think Kate uh, that Chisholm would do that. So.
0: So, do you want to discuss uh, the Battle of Waterloo? Should we jump right into that? Yeah. So, uh, this year, the Battle of Waterloo, obviously, uh, everybody's familiar with with that. You mentioned uh, uh, the top seeds, at least uh, a, a couple of them. Um once you run down the, the brackets, or do you have them handy or I do,
1: yep. So in uh, I'm I'm guessing that the, the, the top line is the one seed and the bottom line is the two seed. So in right. bracket A, West Delaware is the number one seed and Osage is the number two seed. Now I'm a little baffled with, with this, but again, like I said, as a whole, it was very difficult to to uh but i think you know west Delaware has had such a good reputation through the years of this tournament and done so well um mm-hmm. uh, so that that one is a, a bit of a head scratcher to me i don't want to take anything away from West Delaware but you know I, I just thought that one might not have been a number one seed. Uh um then also on in, in bracket oh let's see if we can finish out the bracket. Uh so West Delaware wrestle West Waterloo first round assumption and Don Bosco are uh and then also independence and union and then finishing out that bracket are Denver and Osage. And in bracket B, the number one seed is Waverly shell rock again, maybe a little bit higher there. I would head scratch that one as well. Uh, since they have not really performed, I don't think, but again, his- historically in this tournament, you, you know, what Waverly shell rocks, the team, um,
0: right.
1: Uh They were also in Columbus first round, but then uh, Crestwood and Wapsie Valley uh in that, Fourth and fifth seed area. And then N- Nashville Plainfield, third seed against City High. It must be the sixth seed. That one's another head scratcher. Gosh, that's those are two pretty decent teams. And then Waterloo right. East or Russell Lindmar, the number two seed in that bracket. And then in the C bracket, Bettendorf is the number one seed. they uh, Bell Russell, Charles City in the four and five seed spot are Norwalk and, and then uh, Valley. West Des Moines, uh, six seed Lake Mills and Pleasant Valley. Uh, Clarion, Goldfield would wrestle uh, Alburnett at the number two seed at the bottom of it right there. And then and then the, the D bracket, uh, Indianola, the number one. Indianola kind of has earned that, I think. So far. And Clear Lake, uh, Lisbon will wrestle Ankeny in that four or five slot. And then Prairie and Norris in six. Uh, seed slot. Uh, we'll wrestle each other first round. Cedar Falls will wrestle uh, New Hampton, Turkey Valley. Uh, in that, uh, so that would be the round out the brackets there. Um, I, I, you know, I bet if you got three different seeding groups together and said, "All right, seed this tournament," you'd come out with three different <laughs> That's More than
0: likely,
1: yeah. a, it's tough to do. So, uh, um, I'm head scratching, but when I say that. I'd probably be, you know, in one of, in a different group, you know, so, I mean, obviously it would be, but uh, um, that's how, that that, that means it's going to be fun to watch this tournament because there's anything can happen. I mean, I just named about 10 teams that could have been seated. So uh, in that top one or two slot.
0: Uh, So out of that, out of that group, what, uh, what teams do you see being in the championship bracket? Uh,
1: well, you've got on day two. Let's go through it. In that A bracket, top half, you got West Delaware, Waterloo West, Assumption, and Don Bosco. <laughs> I mean, West Delaware could get beat by Don Bosco if Don Bosco gets by Assumption in the first round, <laughs> sort of a thing. So I'm going mm-hmm. to have. And then down at the bottom, you got Union, Independence, and Osage in Denver. They're all great teams. So. Um, I'm going to say, uh, hmm, I know Osage has some injuries to a couple of guys. I don't know if we'll be back or not. Let's go with, I'm going to go with Bosco. i go with Bosco in that. They're going to, from the fourth, fourth seed. I like that. Okay. Um, Let's see. Then in the B bracket, we have a Shell Rock, Columbus, Crestwood, Wapsie Valley in the top half, i will take Waverly-Shell Rock coming out of that to wrestle probably, see, Nashville Plainfield and City High first round, oh boy, um, and then Lindmar in the second seed. I'm going to go with, just. Not, I'm going to go with Linmar to win this, the bottom half, and, and the bracket, let's go with Lindmar to win the bracket. <laughs> I, yeah. No forethought in I like it. that. Okay, and then in the C bracket, Bettendorf will Russell, Charles City, Norwalk will wrestle Valley in that top half. I'll go with Bettendorf coming out of that. Uh, Lake Mills, Pleasant Valley, Clarion, Alburnett in the bottom half. I'll go with Alburnet. Um, I know Bettendorf's had some injuries, so depending on their lineup, I'm a, I'm a, well, I'm going to say Alburnet. Really. You know, but I think, you know, Benton, Benton's full, full strength, maybe not, but uh, Al Burnett there. Uh, in the D bracket, Indianola, Clear Lake, Lisbon, and Ankeny in the top half. Um, yeah, I gotta go with Indianola. They've shown well that so far this year. In the bottom half, Prairie, North Scott, and then Cedar Falls, New Hampton, uh, New Hampton, Turkey Valley. Um, I'm gonna go with Indianola to win that bracket. Okay.
0: My picks. <laughs> well, I like them. I like, uh, I like them all. Okay. I, I'll, I'll, I'll agree with you on all those.
1: Okay. And then uh,
0: I do it brackets too, if we're, or I can think I can find it Yeah. Let, let me just uh, um, share this really quick. One of the cool things about the Battle of Waterloo is uh, each year they have kind of their Cedar Valley. Uh, or, or tournament, uh, kind of a combination, uh, Cedar Valley and, and tournament Hall of Fame. Uh, here are the twenty twenty three inductees. Uh, the nineteen sixty three, uh, Waterloo East State Championship team. Um, the nineteen seventy two Waterloo West, uh, State Championship team, which you might be uh kind of familiar with. Yeah. Uh, And then uh, individuals, you have Marcus Mangum of Waterloo East, state champion at 155 pounds there for the Trojans. And then Tony Hansen of uh, Waterloo West uh, High um, going in. And then uh, we're also honoring the uh, Young Arena staff, which has been so key for this tournament. Uh, the Waterloo Wrestling Family Award goes to Bill Tate Sr., uh, a family from East High, and then Dick Walker, uh, the West High grad and lifetime service to wrestling award winner. Uh, two others uh, being inducted as competitors and coaches in the uh, Battle of Waterloo uh, the competitors, Max Thompson, uh, the four time state champ at Union community and then an all American at uh UNI and then uh Battle of Waterloo coach Brad Smith who had uh teams from uh uh Lisbon up there. I'm not sure if City High wrestled up there under him. Um I think maybe. Uh he had both schools uh compete in the tournament um and stuff. But uh um, another honor for uh the most accomplished coach in Iowa high school history when it comes to dual wins and state titles and, and all that. So uh, I actually saw Brad Smith uh, still following the Lisbon program around. He was at Mount Vernon on uh, a Saturday uh, there taking in the, the tournament. So uh, those honors uh, uh, from Battle of Waterloo always cool. Uh, let's move on to the girls' bracket.
1: Uh, bracket here, one comment, lots of great names. I'm really glad to see the Tate family being honored there. <laughs> really great there. So do you have brackets or help me to read through
0: them? Well, I, could, I can read through them really quick. Uh, in uh, bracket A, we've got uh, Bentendorf is the top seed. They face Waterloo West um, right out of the gate here in, in bracket A. Uh, Then you've got uh, Crestwood and Cedar Rapids Prairie uh, in the 4-5 spot. Osage is the three seed versus Pleasant Valley to start. And then West Des Moines Valley versus the second seed, Vinton Shellsburg um, in bracket A. Uh, In bracket B, you've got uh, Waverly Shell Rock as the top seed. They face Norwalk out of the gate. Uh, Then you've got uh, Dubuque Senior in West Delaware, um, 5-4. Dual, uh, Mason City is a three seed against Charles City, and then East Buchanan number two, uh, in the B bracket versus North Scott in the quarterfinals. There, um, that's a that's uh When it comes to one twos, uh, that's pretty, pretty salty with Waverly Shell Rock and East Buck. Um, bracket C, you've got Ankeny as number one versus Waterloo East in the first round. Linmar, who just won. Um, uh tournament last night, maybe at, uh, I can't remember where, but they just dominated a uh, tournament competition uh, on Monday night. Uh, the Lions face Ames in the first round, Independence and Dallas Center Grimes, the number two Cedar Falls versus Denver um, to fill out the quarterfinals there in bracket C. And then in bracket D, uh, you've got uh, – or just the uh, the the three brackets. Sorry, right. uh, ABC, ABC Um, so that's uh that's what we got for uh there. There's some intriguing matchups here uh, as well. Possibly, you know, Vince Shelsberg. Uh, I, I know gets overlooked a little bit, but boy, they've got some really good individuals. I was so impressed with them uh, last February at the state meet. Um. You know Osage is always good. That that'll be a heck of a matchup in uh probably in the semis. And then you've got uh, you know, prairie Bendorf, uh probably the other semifinal there. And right. gosh. I think any of the four teams really could uh could do well.
1: Right. Uh, it's difficult for for us because it sounds like I'm the same as you, uh, we know individuals on teams. We just don't know the depth or the balance of a team. Uh, right. Just ha- I haven't really seen them that much. So that makes it difficult for me to pick out a winner like I could maybe in the boys or guess a winner in the boys. <laughs> and uh, uh, anyway, and then also in the girls, the girls are, are, are wrestling Thursday. Is that correct? All day. And it's a one day tournament for them. So they'll, they'll get their Round Robin, three matches, and then two two on the bracket. So they'll get their five matches a yeah. day there. I believe that's how it's going to be run. Okay. And that's why there's three. If there was four, they'd have to run that all in one day, four brackets. Uh, eight yeah, because I think voice.
0: that might have changed. I mean, I think they – well, maybe not. I, I thought they ran more of a traditional bracket in the past alongside the boys tournament, but maybe not.
1: Oh, I thought I saw on the news or on the TV that was advertised. I thought it was Thursday. The girls and could be and uh,
0: could be. i I just was talking about the past. Uh, yeah,
1: yeah, so but that's going to happen with growth, more teams and getting involved and and uh, being added. So uh, anyway, and then uh, so the boys are. I guess we didn't mention this, but they wrestle that that uh, uh, br- uh, bracket. The, the bracket that we just mentioned, and then the, the winner of that bracket falls into uh a, into a, a four teams where they they pool, they wrestle all the other three teams in the in that pool, right. and for the championship. So, um, so basically, on the second day, you're wrestling equal teams or teams that are, have equal records. Uh, so it's more, kind of a more of a balanced situation there.
0: Correct. So. I'm going to take a stab at this uh um uh, I you know I'm going to go ahead and uh I'll go uh with uh Vin shelsberg maybe I uh, I'll say Bettendorf wins the Alex, Uh
1: <laughs>
0: boy I You got Osage in there too. I don't know. Yeah. Uh, Yeah, I tell you what, it's, uh, you've got, you've got tough, uh, uh, competitive fields here for, for all of them. Right. Well, I'll say, uh, Let's see, for the girls in in bracket A, I think the champion will be, uh, I'll say Bendorf. Waverly-Shellrock in B, and then I'm going to go with Linmar in
1: C. Linmar coming from the fifth seed. Okay. Uh, I don't think that's a bad choice.
0: Yep. they have they have just skyrocketed um this season. I think they've been really impressive. We mentioned uh and, and actually you can uh, uh check out Riley Cole's uh story on uh Linmars Kate Siri um at thegazette.com Um right now, but uh Linmar's done really well. I'm trying to find um, where they're at last night.
1: That's Coach Gere still coaching, isn't he? I believe so. Yeah. I'm not surprised there.
0: Uh, They're at Kennedy. Yeah, they're at Kennedy last night where they had six champs, two runners up, and I believe two bronze medalists. So they had 10 in the top three, and actually i will run them down – uh, right here. Uh, I believe the champs: uh, Mallory Palmer, Kate Seary, Ava Hofer, Ali Jelinek, who won the uh, uh, Dan Gable Donnie Brook last week that we mentioned. Uh, Lily Carlson and Brielle Park. Uh, you'll recognize the Park name for sure. Um, uh, runners up were uh, Reese Roberts and Malena Garcia. Uh, third place uh Brooke Walrath and uh, Kendra Baines. Then they also had uh uh three more wrestlers. They got fourth with uh Kale Roberts, Alexa Clymer, Riley Passmore, uh Danica Berlin and Chloe Adamson were fifth, and then uh Paisley Schaefer, uh Javen Fry and Brianna Clymer uh were sixth. So uh that was a heck of a showing at Kennedy. Uh, they won the team title there as, as well. So, um, yeah, I I can see them doing some damage up at uh, Young Arena.
1: I would mention this, since we have a little pause right here, that uh, I'm glad to see that Xavier has joined the ranks with the girls this year. With, uh, Henry Henry Reeks being the, is the coach there. He's a longtime assistant boys' coach there, and and mm-hmm. a good guy. So I'm glad Xavier's now. I think that completes everyone in this metro area uh, that's uh, supporting the girls' wrestling. So good
0: job. That's right. That's right. You know, and uh, remember Riley doing something t- uh, at the beginning of the season, and you know the girls were uh, really excited about uh, the opportunity. Um, you know, I think they're wrestling at City High that first time out, and you know the a lot of mixed uh, results, as you might imagine. But uh, the the upside of things, um, and I think Henry might have mentioned it, um, and I know he's got a really good assistant, and Kira Ball. Uh, her family ties go all the way back to Don Bosco, um, and and the Beckers up there. Um, but just being able to, to see how they, they taught them some moves and then you saw it transfer into competition and, you know, some of them got pins and you, you could see the stuff clicking and, you know, certain things that they were teaching them being put into execution and, uh, the growth. And that's gotta be, uh, extra extremely fun and satisfying and they've got a group of uh girls that are eager, eager to learn and I know for a fact that you know Henry and Kira you know they're uh uh they're beating the bushes trying to get uh athletes to come out and you know be part of that program and we've seen seen how the boys have uh, have really improved and you know it'd be it'd be it's nice to see Xavier has has the girls team has girls out. And uh, see how they grow over the course of this first season.
1: Yep, yeah. I'm kind of wondering Xavier has a, a doesn't have the biggest wrestling room, so you know, <laughs> logistics might be an issue there. <laughs> so, uh.
0: yeah, they definitely have to. Uh, I'm not sure what the schedule is. I should ask. Um, might be like morning practices for one team and uh, afternoon practices for the other. And and stuff, and I don't like it. One time, I I remember talking to Craig Malico last year with Kennedy, and they alternated. Um, where somebody might practice Monday morning, like the boys might practice Monday morning, girls might practice Monday night, or the girls might have competition Monday night, so uh, they'll have a small workout in the morning or and the boys would work out in the room on, on that evening. And then Thursdays would be switched and stuff like that. So there's a lot, there's a lot of cooperation probably going on at most schools with uh, getting that mat time for practice. Right. Uh, One other tournament uh, uh, from this last weekend too, I want to, I want to mention uh, kind of one of the bigger ones in the area, uh, the Marion um, girls tournament this last uh, weekend. Um, did you happen to catch kind of what went down there at, uh, at did. Marion on Saturday?
1: So at Marion, he had uh, 21 teams there. And uh, Prairie was the champ, Mount Vernon second. Uh, Prairie had three, 366, Mount Vernon had 327 and a half. West Liberty was third with, with 277 and a half. Uh, East Buchanan was fourth with 270 and a half. And Jefferson was fifth with 269. And That's then, a
0: pretty good top five there Yeah, um, on the girls' landscape. Uh, right. Prairie, Mount Vernon, West Liberty, East Buck, which... Uh, amazes me as uh, small as East Buck is, the way their girls team competes with uh, some of the biggest schools in in the area. It's it's awesome, and and then Jefferson is uh, got a strong team,
1: right. and I, I wanted to mention the host Marion took sixth in that as well. Uh, East Buck had three champs, um, so uh, the uh, they were first with uh, Sammy Isham at one twenty five. Uh, Taylor Stefa at 145 and Allison Crum at 235 so yeah he's Buck, you're right they they they've really and they had they had their program going before it was sanctioned so they had you know some interest and in, and in, uh really some good leadership obviously up there
0: um one of the one of the things to know uh, huge, huge deal last year. You know, one of the top uh female athletes in the state of Iowa, wrestling, female wrestlers in the state of Iowa, uh, uh, Rena Utterbach Last year, when they had their first sanctioned girl season, um, she had the opportunity to choose whether to wrestle with the boys or girls. She opted to wrestle, uh. Uh, compete uh, on the boy side. Uh, She placed at the state tournament last year. I believe she got eighth in class 1A for sigourney Kyoto. This year, however, she's wrestling uh, in the uh, IGHSAU competition, um, and she uh, came away with a a title uh, at 115. I'm not sure what went into the change, um, I know last year it was a, a situation where Sigourney-Kyota had no option for a girls team. Um, she was the only girl entered for Sigourney-Kyota at, at Marion, so I'm not sure what, what what flipped there, but she had the choice and opted to, to wrestle with the boys team instead of going somewhere else. Um, but now uh, on the girls' side, and, and she was dominant, uh, as you can imagine. Um, four pins and a technical fall in route to uh, a title there. But I'm sure the I'm sure the girls' union is happy to see her wrestling on on that side of things, just because it is one of the marquee female athletes. um You is know, you- and and really, um just a huge standout um for the girls union to be able to to promote
1: right and i'm not sure they had an option this year i think that okay. they gave them an option and i think this year that option might have closed now kind maybe, of close that loophole a little yeah, bit yeah and and so you know uh in her maybe it was open i don't know but um She might have said, you know what? I wrestled the boys last year. I saw what was going on on the girls' side, and I really like that, and I want to be a part of that this year. Maybe that was what what was going on. But I think that there was a one-year open door maybe in those two years. But I know if it wasn't closed this year, it's going to be closed for sure next year. Um, And I think they were the only school that opted to do that last year. Split boys and girls. And I think, you know what? I think the boys, you said the girls' union would be, is happy that she's doing that. I think the boys probably, you know, silently are probably going, yeah, this is the way it should be, you know, boys and girls, that was what is intended. So, you know, they're not
0: happy, but, um,
1: that's just the way it should be. I think so.
0: Uh, Hey, you mentioned, uh, Cedar Rapids Xavier in their first, uh, season. Uh, they had a few, a couple place winners, um, at Marion Eleanor Fob was third at, uh, 115 of course uh her lone uh setback was the sylvia garcia vasquez of west liberty uh who is uh second to underbach there at 115 and then haley fob uh at 155 she placed sixth uh for the saints as well so uh you see a couple uh, of place winners there for for the saints um as we were talking about there uh uh, first season,
1: right? Uh, good to see that. Now, not only get the girls out, but have a little bit of success in that. That success that breeds more success, <laughs> so.
0: right? Um, yeah. Sea Rapids Prairie Zach uh, Baticzka. You know, I, I think he gets overlooked a little bit um, because before things were sanctioned, you know, he was at Solon, um kind of spearheading Solon's girls wrestling um, before it got sanctioned. He's – Coach uh, Betchuk really has has been at the forefront of things, Uh, was able to go back to his alma mater, um, you know, and they've been uh, fantastic these first two years. Uh, Obviously uh, a few champions there. Um, including uh, Mackenzie Childers uh, at 130, who is uh, uh, certainly uh, one of the best at her weight class,
1: right? Defending state champion. Uh, they also had a champion Elizabeth Burns at 100 as well. Had three third, uh, three seconds and two thirds. So really great showing by by the Prairie Hawks. And of
0: course, this. Uh, uh, this weekend, uh, we mentioned the Battle of Waterloo. Um, Northland also has a tournament up there that has some smaller schools. Fort Madison has their annual tournament um, this weekend. So one last big weekend of uh, of competition before the holiday break. So uh, it'll be fun to watch uh, the boys and the girls hit the mat here for this weekend before uh the holidays
1: right and on the girls side prairie hosts their tournament which is really for all schools in our area you want this is the tournament to see really for the on the girls side uh of course you got the battle on thursday and i actually i think uh, at least one or two of the teams are going to be down at, at prairie as well I, I don't know if they're wrestling thursday and then coming down and wrestling friday saturday on uh is it a two day
0: just saturday
1: Saturday, and just Saturday, just Saturday yeah, at Prairie. And uh, but I mean, I started listening to the teams in the area, and it was pretty much everyone
0: <laughs> at the
1: Prairie tournament,
0: so um, so that would be a fun one. I know we'll have uh, our photographers out there at uh, at Prairie, um, and we'll have a feature from Riley Cole there, um, and of course, I'll be out and about on Saturday as well, so uh, looking forward to that. As we mentioned, uh, we'll be at IOC High at Western Dubuque on Thursday night, uh, as well for that uh, for that one. And
1: uh, we've got two good ones so far this year. So hopefully, yeah. we have another good one, which I think we will. Teams match up, and I guess I haven't looked at real close at it, but they're usually both very competitive teams. So,
0: so uh, we'd like to thank everybody for watching us again this week. Uh, You tune in next week uh, as we wrap things up from the first half of the season. Uh, For Coach Briggs, I'm KJ Pilcher. Thanks for watching. And Coach Briggs, why don't you go ahead and send us out with our regular tight Let's keep wrestling on the move. Get a daily update from the Gazette with our daily news podcast.